Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to another episode of the SD4L show. I'm Justin Thin. So I'm here back. with my co-host. So back. Macomb County Messi, as they're calling <laughs> him in the streets. Ah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, so for those that are not aware, Matt was yeah. forced to sub for my indoor soccer team this past Sunday. I was held at knife point. Yes, yep, it was that is correct. terrible. Yep. So how did that experience go for you, Matt? Uh, I'm in the worst shape I've been in my entire life. Uh, the cardio is one of a man that smokes three packs of cigarettes a day and also eats five Big Macs. Uh, it, it's not good whatsoever. So uh, naturally, had the opportunity to play some soccer with my good friend Justin over here. I had to say yes. Why not? risk the very high chance of just croaking on the field um up in uh macomb county so yeah why not he gave it a shot yeah he gave made, it a go made the the long trek up north to yep. the upper peninsula as you i believe you had put it macomb is the up yeah that's right that yep. is correct yep that is where up north begins uh m59 is that line yeah where it, where it begins so uh i'd say 24 mile but okay that, close, close enough, enough. Close. so <laughs> matt was playing right back Mm-hmm. Played it as Serginho Dust for those that are sure. U.S. Men's National Team fanatics. Take his word for it. And uh, match rating, I'd say, was about an 8.8. Is that good? Man of the match if if we had won, but we, we did not. I believe it was a 4-1 defeat. Because I didn't die. Yeah. That's why. We did we did cover 4.5. So yeah, which was, was a line we set like, after the game ended so we can yeah. say we covered. <laughs> it's great, yeah. yeah. Good teams win, great teams cover. That's right. And intramural soccer teams, yeah. uh, that goes the same. My calf muscle felt like it calcified the next two days. Like mm. I was walking around my house like a dinosaur, but like not as a bit. It's just because like my calf yeah. just ceased like working. It was all those so. clearances that you had. That was it. Yeah, yeah all all one that I had. Yeah, um, but that's fine. Playing like Chelsea era Fernando Torres on my part did not help up front. But you could you could tell me literally anything with any soccer player's name right now, and I'm just going to take your word for it. <laughs> you could make up a player's name, and I probably just not ahead being like, yeah, just like him. So your soccer knowledge yeah. is on par with your movie knowledge. Uh, uh no, soccer knowledge is a little better. Okay, yeah, that's a little good. better. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of athletes that are in the prime of their career, ah. just absolutely dominating on the field that's right we have joining us today from east lansing sophomore defensive back dylan tatum dylan how you doing today i'm doing great guys i'm glad to be here yeah for sure glad figured, to have you man yeah glad we figured we'd give you um spring practice without kind of bothering you let you get that out of your way and then obviously we had to have you after that so first question for me dylan you early enrolled last year. Um, you had the spring practice under your belt last time around. This time around, you were not the new guy. You had um, experienced the offseason before. What was this camp like for you compared to last year? Uh, it was it was a lot faster. Um, it was just way less chaos for me personally because mm. last year I came in as a nickel, and then 
like maybe a week before the spring game they moved me to safety i didn't know a thing <laughs> <laughs> so it was very hard <laughs> and uh even a couple of practices last year I, I did some corner stuff so i'm like i'm getting moved everywhere i can't focus i don't know what to do so this year i got a chance to lock in and actually have some fun and, and work on my craft in one position. So it was it was a lot better compared to last year. And with spring practice uh, concluding, what, what are you most excited to just give a break here as you go in the summer? Like, are, are you just done with all the whistles? Is there a piece of equipment in the weight room that you're just <laughs> thrilled that you don't have to go back to for a few more weeks? Or what, what, what are you excited to leave behind here as you guys are out of spring practice? Uh, so as a team, we all hate the rowing machines, but okay. you know, I don't run from the work. <laughs> you Love know, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, my summer is mostly going to spent in a, be spent in Australia. I'm going to Australia for study abroad. Mm, so wow, look at that. That's a good time. So that's what that's what I'm ready for. <laughs> wow, sweet. Yeah. You'll have to work with the uh, Australian punters up there, and I'm sure that's the football field that you'll be using. And Don's going to come back and he's going to be not punting 45 yards. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait for this. This is great. So, so Dylan, uh, this time around, as you said, it's less chaotic for you. And, and that's to be expected as you've gotten another year under you. But over the past 12 months, what is one part of your game? What is an attribute that you think you have gotten better at yourself just working on it? Um, Really, like, just knowing what I'm doing. Mm. Um. And also knowing the defense and what can happen and where is our weakness at in this in the defense. I think I've come a really long way. I can uh, explain every defense we play, especially from the defensive back to position. So I'm, really, one thing I'm working on is the front. That's what I'm working on. But linebacker-wise and, and uh, defensive backfield-wise, I think I got it down. So I think I come a long way, like just football smarts. Mm. And other than yourself, I know that spring practice was a really short period of time, but has anyone really just jumped from where they were at the end of last year to where they are right now, in your opinion? Uh, Caleb Coley, okay. um, Marquis Lowry. Mm. Uh, who else, man? Those, those say, guys in my position yourself. that, that – yeah. Oh, yeah. My. <laughs> <laughs> that goes without saying. That's why he's here. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys had a had a really great spring this uh, season, and you know the guys are always having given good effort, and you know it's a lot of guys that get moved around a lot, so it makes it hard for some guys. But at the end of the day, I think we're going to be a really good team. Yeah, so that's uh, great to hear because I know one of the things that is exciting to outsiders that look at this roster it's how many people from that 2022 defensive back class are doing so well right now you're looking at yourself Caleb Coley who you just named um, Malik Spencer and Jada Mangum up top could have uh, big roles this year Malcolm Jones also in there what is it like to see so many guys that you came in with immediately already kind of being in that too deep kind of range or just making contributions and progressing well I mean it just says a lot about our class you know it just tells everyone on the outside, like, man, we came to work. We came to play. We're not coming to mess around. We want to win some football games, and we want to move on and go to the league, but you can't do that without a good team. So we compete with each other every day, compete with each other all the time in the weight room also. It's just a great feeling to have guys that have shared the same interests as you do, you know, when you're out there. And I just want to take the clock back to last fall. And obviously you came into Michigan State as a very highly touted recruit, just like, you know, as Justin said, a lot of the other 2022 kids. 
You played 118 snaps on defense, 144 snaps on special teams. That's the most of any freshman on the team. Honestly, were you surprised to see yourself play even that much as a true freshman? Or did you kind of come into Michigan State being like, yeah, that, that'll sound about right if that's how I end my freshman season with that many snaps? Um, Really, I knew I really wanted to play special teams. Um, like, throughout my entire football career, I always knew special teams is like the thing that mattered the most to get on the field, especially when you have guys that are older and maybe better than you, you know? So when I got the opportunity defensive-wise, it, it kind of came a little fast, especially when they put me at corner the entire game. Yeah, I was like, right. okay. <laughs> so that was a little different. But playing safety, that, that was that was fun. I was very comfortable there. So now that I'm at corner, a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I'm not running from the smoke. I'm just coming to get it. You know, got to guard guys, school down the road, and guys in, at that Ohio school, whatever they are, you know, <laughs> got to get them up, you know, got to lock them down. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a great point right there about playing special teams and, and you're ahead of your time kind of knowing that at a young age because a lot of guys see it as as not as glamorous, but like there are so many people in the NFL that they're only in the NFL to play special teams and they have made 10 year livings off of it. Yep. Guys that oh, yeah. have made multiple Pro Bowls like Nate Ebner on the on the Patriots, Chris Moragos on the Eagles. You can play eight years in the NFL and make millions just being a special teams guy. So very, very smart and wise vision on your part there for sure. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask Dylan is a lot of people that watch um, defensive backs, they uh, are quick to jump on Twitter and they judge if a receiver caught a ball, the DB is in the wrong. I want to ask you and give you the opportunity as someone that actually plays DB, what is one thing you wish that fans or people that cover the sport knew about playing defensive back? Just something that always eats at you and you wish you could emphasize too, if there's anything like that. What what would you like to impart upon people that have never played DB that you wish they knew? So at the end of the day, there's no excuses. You get the, call, you get the ball right. caught on you, oh well, you gotta move forward. But the entire game of football matters. People just see the wide receiver, the quarterback, and that DB, and, or maybe the running back and the linebacker. They never see the offensive line, defensive line going <laughs> at it. So if, there, if there's no good rush going in that backfield, it's going to be a long day because right. it's so hard to cover for five to seven seconds every single play and not get one ball caught. You. Like, people don't understand how hard that is because, like, you don't know what the offense is about to do to you. Only they know. Right. And you're working backwards. They're working forward. So, and then you're basically mirroring everything they're doing. So you're going to be, it's going to be behind. And if you don't have a rush also that has good coverage, it's going to be a hard game, you know? Um, so that's what I wish people would like see and like just pay attention to, you know? Right. If you learn the trenches of a, a football team and, or just game, You'll learn a lot about football because that's where it all starts. Elite answer. I wrote all that down to Elite keep a answer. note for the season. Yeah. So, no, that's, that's a good <laughs> heads up. Speaking of that rush, uh, just like you said, incredibly important to a defense, especially, you know, for the defensive backs, giving you guys a lot of help. How many dogs are we looking at here in this front <laughs> for our Michigan State Spartans? Uh, like, do you peek over at them at spring practice and, like, oh, yeah, they're nasty? Well, or, what are you looking like? Okay, good answer. There we go. I, I do. I, there's some guys. I mean, you know, you got eight ball. Uh, Simeon Barrow, you know, or and that guy, he's a dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You got all the young guys coming in mm -hmm. and are looking to play. Um, just got to gain some weight, but we can do that. Sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just lock in um, Brody for a month and, yeah, call it a day. It'll be great. <laughs> right, great. right. 
Tamisha is doing a really good job. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad he's he's come like here. You know, help give us an opportunity and a better chance to win some football games. Um, but just overall, like as a front, we're doing a really good job. I think. And you know, we got Alex Van Summer and Maverick. Yeah, it's really matter those guys inside. Um, I'm waiting. I'm really waiting to see what what Dre and Jer- uh, JJ are gonna do. Right. I think they're gonna be really good <laughs> together, especially on the inside, because that's that's where we need size at right now. We need yeah. depth. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Last year, Michigan State came into the season with some good versatility there. If you can move Jacoby here, you can have Brule as a blitzer. But like half the the, the unit got hurt, and then. The rush wasn't there, and then the, the defensive backfield suffered from it. So yeah. they not only have better depth this year than in years <laughs> past, they have better talent this year. So really excited to see it from that point. Um, Dylan, I got to ask, Michigan State has hired new cornerbacks coach Jim Salgado. Obviously, the fans know him just a little bit from the background of who he's coached with the Bills, Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. What can you tell us about actually um, Coach Salgado as a person having been coached by him for a few weeks now? I mean, he's a great guy. You know, he knows what he's doing. Um, has a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience. He has an acronym and a code name for everything that's going on in the field. It's hilarious. <laughs> so he, sometimes I'll just put it on, like, the corrections, and then he won't tell us. we got to ask him. He'll be like, oh, okay, all right, I got it now. Then you got to write it down. <laughs> so he, he's really cool. Uh, I feel kind of bad for him because, you know, his family's still back in Buffalo. Mm, so gotcha. he's here by himself and just just getting to work. He wants us to succeed. Um, his main goal right now is just get rid of the, the stupid broken plays mm-hmm. where, where it's on us. And right. communication-wise, like, his main thing, he's saying, if you cannot communicate, if you can't beat yourself, how do right. you expect to win? Yeah. And that's facts. Yeah. So, for sure. How many, t- just really quick, how, how many times do you hear him say an acronym and you just like act like you know what he's talking about? Like, you're like, oh yeah, I got that coach. Like, like oh, uh, do that. Uh, say about 20%. Okay. That's strong. That's a good play. But then, yeah. but then you ask him after, after the practice. You know? <laughs> got to keep the follow up. Like, what On... does he mean by that? Oh, okay. <laughs> now, now I can help some of the other corners. Right. <laughs> you know. Love that. Uh, we're going to put you here on the hot seat, Dylan, uh, because, you know, just talk about Jim Salgado. You've also worked with Har- Harlan Barnett and then Mel Tucker all in the secondary here. So I just got quick rapid fire questions between the three of them. Are you ready to be put on this hot seat that this could really shake up the let rest me, of the summer me, for you? Let me sit up a little more. <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on answering these right or wrong here. So playing time is on the line. No, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it might be. I, who's to say? I don't know. <laughs> Loudest coach between the three of them, Salgado, Barnett and Tucker. Who is it? Coach Barnett. All right. Mm. Who is the funniest of the three of them? Coach Tucker. Okay. There we go. <laughs> who is the nicest of the, who? Who's the good cop? Who? Who's just the nicest one out there? Coach Salgado, because he just got here. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. There you go. And <laughs> let's say that you approached the coach and said, "Hey, coach, I need to go to Los Angeles, but I'm really afraid of planes. I, I need to drive out there. I don't have my car on me. Can you drive me out to Los Angeles right now?" Coach most likely to say yes and get in the car with you to drive you all the way to Cali. Who would it be? Between those three? Between those three. That's right. I mean, I'm going to have to beg, beg, beg. (laughs) (laughs) Who who on the whole staff? Whole staff? um, That's a good question. Probably probably Coach Hawk. 
Okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Um, Try that next time you're at practice. <laughs> Bring up that scenario and see where that goes, and then report back to us, and we'll see if that uh, that worked out, if you could. If you don't mind. If you don't mind. Next viral TikTok, okay, Dylan just it. goes up to all 10 coaches and, and asks them, can you drive me to LA? And just it's a mashup of all their reactions. Just 10 no, right. no's in a row. Perfect. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so, Dylan, I have uh, kind of just uh, one last football question for you. When you were being recruited, um, a lot of eyes were on you. It was a battle between Michigan and Michigan State and others, but kind of that was like where the fans were fixating on. What was it like being recruited um, under such a, a magnifying glass where everyone is always looking at every little thing you post, you like, the gear you wear to a game? What was that whole experience like? And a year or two later, you think you made a good choice? I think so. I love it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, so high school wise, I mean, really, you can control what is hype and what is not at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure you see that through Twitter with these really highly recruited guys. Um, and really, you just got to watch how you talk. You don't want to give anything away. <laughs> They'll <laughs> blow it up and take it out of the ordinary. Whoever it is, you know, and well, my thing was I didn't. It was it was hard to like, I said something, and then that person went out there and just told the world, and I was like, wow, I didn't make the decision yet. Like, there's no way I was supposed to trust you. Like, I'm like, wow. Then my dad's telling me like, you're going there. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. That. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's crazy. So. At the end of the day, I mean, I ended up. I feel like I ended up in the right place. I love it here. Um, we're gonna win some football games. We're working to win a national championship. Uh, great coaching staff. No Fam- family is all around. We care about each other. No pettiness, and we want something. We want something really big. Great love answer. It. There we go. I love the attitude. Just yeah. makes you want to run I'm through. I'm fired up. I'm ready for football season to start right now, yeah. man. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, Dylan, thanks a lot. I, mean, I really do appreciate all yeah. your time and, uh, you know, hanging out with us, you know, when we were dealing with some technical difficulties that were my fault yeah. at the start. So, yeah, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. You're the best. Excellent, Dylan. What's your rap top five? You know oh, I had to oh, ask good you. Call, good you call. know I had to ask you before good I let call. you go. Good call. Rap top five. So we got Drake. We got Excellent. Future. Um, we got 21 Savage. Ooh, rap. That's really all I listen to. Uh... Who else goes with that? Man, I can't even think right now. I should have mm. thought more. <laughs> that was the hot seat question. That was the hot seat question. There we go. No, that's good enough because right, you got Drake in there. Um, future, yeah. obviously, but 21. So I'm sure you love that last joint album they have. But I, <laughs> I see you on the caption game. It's almost always, it's almost always the six god. So uh, I salute you. That's what all my captions come from, too. So. Hey. At yeah. Gunna too. Look, Gunna yeah, is, this is Gunna. true. This is true. Yeah. Gunna and Lil Baby too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there you go. There yep. you go. There's the There's five. The five. There it is. There's, There's the go. five. Perfect, man. Dylan, appreciate it. As Matt said, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we had a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully you did too. And thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys. God bless you guys. Have a great night. And thank you again. Yes, sir. Go green. Hey, yes, go sir. white. You're the thanks, man. Dylan. 
just another great kid. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> Seems wow. like we say that a lot, but it's true. It at, really at is. At the end of every interview, I'm just blown away by, by yeah. these kids. And, like, especially, like, as, as young, too. Like, we've had Carson Cooper on Jackson Kohler, you know, yeah. basketball guys. But, like, like Dylan Tatum is a sophomore. Yeah. And t- speaking like a senior, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, great, great attitude. You know, love the head on his shoulders. Yeah. And uh, obviously love watching him play, too. Love yeah. what we see on the field. It goes without saying. So Right. I loved uh, covering his recruitment, too. Um, after a while, yeah. it became um, there was a lot of pressure on him, as he was saying. Like people will take every little word oh, yeah. you do, turn it into an article. A lot of times when I would talk to Dylan, it wouldn't even be for a story. I think the last three times I talked to him after a game, it was just off the record. Gotcha. I didn't even have any intention of writing a story, and we had some great conversations. And you can tell that he was going to make the decision based on like the real factors that you would want a kid to make a decision off of the family field, the development, yep. the familiarity you have with the program and how you can fit in it. It wasn't going to be any of the other stuff. So it was great to see him choose Michigan state and it's great to see him have the opportunity. So young, he was on the field last year. Yeah. It's going to be on the field much more even this year. So seems like it was a good decision, as he was saying, and you just you just love to see that when a kid makes a decision for the right reasons. Hope he could stay just at one position the whole year. Hopefully, <laughs> everyone can be healthy enough where yeah. uh, he can just stay in that lane yeah. the entire year. So yeah, but hey, you know what? If not, versatile kid. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're not done talking football. We're you're, not you're done out talking of your football. mind if you think we're done talking football, especially off the heels of the spring football practice that was open to the public. Yes, That's right. In sunny East Lansing, Michigan. That's when the weather was fun here in Michigan. That was nice. 84 degrees, nice and sunny. As Mel Tucker said, it's like this in East Lansing at least 300 days a year. I love that. That, that got a chuckle out that of me. That was the best. He never yeah. says any jokes, at least in front of a camera. So, like, when he said that, I was like, oh, yeah. Mel, yeah. oh, my, we're feeling ourselves. <laughs> okay, look at you. So, you know, that was nice yeah. uh, for Mel. I That's how he that started the presser. It was great. Wa- walked in feeling good. Um, yep. I think he popped off two or three jokes before he kind of got wow. into the presser. Feeling himself. So, yeah. He knows he has a good team going into this fall yeah. if he's doing that. <laughs> At the presser and uh, on Big Ten Network, like when the game yeah. was just starting to, so that's uh, what we like yeah. to see here. Um, no, no storylines whatsoever nope. taken out of that game, right? No, we can just move nope. along. We can just yeah. go to the the Jesse McCulloch recruitment. Is Sounds that... about right, and okay. then we wrap it up after right. that. Thanks Perfect. for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Um, uh, oh, I almost swore. Quarterback battle is going on <laughs> right there. That is the talk of the town. Um, people are fired up about this. Um, there's a great contingent in Team Thorne, a great contingent in Team Kim, a great contingent in Team Hauser, and uh, that all boils together to one passionate pot of who they want to see as the quarterback. But also not just that, but also taking a look at like, oh my God, it is set in stone that right now Peyton Thorne's the one, Noah Kim is the two, Kate Hauser the three right there. How do you dissect what you saw on Saturday as far as Peyton getting the uh, one reps, Kim the two reps, and then Hauser the three reps? Matt, the way that I look at it, the way you introduced the topic in the beginning, saying there were no takeaways, mm-hmm. that is kind of how it should have been. Okay. This, okay. This was a Take it away. situation. Take it away. <laughs> where, keep in mind, they had two prior practices uh, of the scrimmage variety, yep. private closed door scrimmages each of the last two Saturdays. This was the third of three scrimmages. This was the shortest of three scrimmages. Okay. This was less than thirty-three percent of their scrimmage snaps in the last three weekends. Okay. This should not carry the weight that it is carrying. But it was in front of cameras, Justin, so it means everything. And because it was in front of cameras, <laughs> there were probably calculated moves being made. Oh, of, you see, oh. Of what is being revealed. Oh. So not only is this less than 33% of the scrimmage snaps of the last three weeks, this is also the only one where there was an external factor of 
what do we want to show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, looking at it from that point of view, even before you talk about any press conference quotes after that or not, yeah. from approaching it from that point of view, I would have dismissed most of what I had seen um, in terms of rep distribution, not in terms of guys who flashed uh, and things like that. Um, like Jordan Hall and, and, and some of the other guys, Keyshawn Blackstock, the guys that flashed, they flashed. Kim even looked good, yeah. speaking of the quarterbacks. Uh, but yeah, sure. Those things, those are good and fine, but we still have to remember that this was one out of 15 total practices and less than a third of the total scrimmage snaps. Yep. If you look at it from that scope, you really can't invest much of um, a notability factor into what we saw. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, there's a very real chance that whoever looked the best on Saturday was not who looked the best on the first Saturday of the three scrimmages. Okay. And as a result, who is to say that what you saw Saturday was truly indicative of the pecking order, whereas maybe it was simply just indicative of the competitive nature of how every single day someone is going at it. That's kind of how I look at the quarterback battle, man. I don't know what your thoughts might be. Like it's it's notable, but it's not notable. Like yes, I, I do think that there is something to be said about that. You know, they just played their hand. Like they just threw it out uh, on camera in front of everyone. That yeah, right now it is Thorn one, Kim two, Hauser three. But like I, I think that it might be a tighter field than we're all led to believe after just that half hour of scrimmage at the mm-hmm. end of a practice. I mean, look. Of course, Thorne, you know, maybe we shouldn't be surprised at all that right now Thorne is the one. This is the guy that has 30 starts under his belt. He was the quarterback for that Peach Bowl team. Like, he does have some experience and winning experience behind him. So, yeah, it's going to be hard to unseat, you know, the guy in the chair in any walk of life, let alone starting quarterback on a college football program. And then, well, okay, you got Kim, who had, I think, two of the best throws on Saturday. But just like you're saying, there's been a lot more than two throws. Right. The entire... Um, spring practice session. And then Hauser, yes, he didn't get any of the two-minute drill snaps, but, like, I, I'm not going to, like, put a ton of stock into that. Like, yes, he is the third guy, but, like, he, he could be he could be that close to the second guy and then maybe that close from the first guy, but he could also be this big. You just don't know because you only get a 30-minute window of scrimmage to look at here. So, yeah, I, it's it, – but, hey, you know, a good chance for everyone to shout at each other on Twitter, which I got to say, I did miss that a little bit, just being able to scream at other people online over what we saw on a football field. That was missing from my life. Like, I didn't even know. And it, it's back, luckily. Also, do you know who got a lot of play on Big Ten Network? Andrew Shofar. Mm. That's right, the pride of DeWitt, who is probably going to be, like, the fourth or fifth string quarterback. But – Screw it. Put his name in the in the mix too. Yeah. Like let's go let's get it popping. Yeah, so let's really muddy the waters here. Yeah, if we're gonna talk about guys that we saw, we saw a lot of him on Big Ten Network. Um but yeah, it's just like oh just so much yelling and I, I don't think anyone really does know how close this is, except for get ready for this one. The guys on the team and the coaching staff. Yeah. Might be it. I don't know. It might be a crazy take of mine, but um Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that we're supposed to like real rile people up and say, oh, yeah. this has to happen or this is definitely happening. But like, no, sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we can close this particular topic by me touching on what you just said there. The guys on the team, they're not exactly sharing the sentiment of this being cut and dry in terms of a particular pecking order. Okay. As people that may be taking it away. Okay. And I, those guys would know more than I do, the guys Maybe. that are on the team. Maybe. Those guys I would think would know more than, than most of us. So yeah. the sentiment that is out there may not be the sentiment that is in within the team. Fair so. enough. Now, there is uh, – crazy, I just found this out before uh, we actually started recording. There is another position other than quarterback on the football team. No, there's not. Prove it. 
I I'll have to go back to the tape to really point it okay, out to you. Fine. But it was Sounds everyone good. not wearing a red jersey on the field on Saturday. Any, anything else or anyone else stick out to you uh, mm-hmm. last Saturday? Yeah, um, honestly, I was taking more out of the drills than the, than the okay. scrimmage itself. Wow, um, ball knower, <laughs> ball knower. <laughs> that is to be determined based on what I say and if that comes true in the okay. fall. Okay, okay, stay tuned. Um, <laughs> a- actually, I, I'm glad to hear Dylan Tatum talk about him. But Caleb Coley looked very fluid, very good in yep. uh, some of the corner drills. Uh, someone that I had been very high on back in 2021 before he got hurt. I want to say prior to the Purdue game, which he still played in the Purdue game, hurt was Marky Lowry. Mm-hmm. He looked good. He looked the most physical out of M- all of MSU's corners in 2021. Looked the best in press man. Le- he got hurt later in that season. He was hurt pretty much all of last year. So him being back and being healthy was another thing that was impressive. So, so there was promise in the DB room. That's what I was looking at. The other thing, just the sheer numbers of the offensive line, yeah. the amount of different rotations that Cap could put in and, and work in there. You go into the, the spring uh, kickoff kind of expecting, okay, maybe we'll see Blackstock, um, Duplain, Samak, um, Gino Vandemark, and either Brandon Baldwin or uh, Spencer Brown uh, as the five. There were guys like Ethan Boyd that like you didn't even have in the in the depth like I didn't even have in the depth chart. He's coming in just plugging right in with those guys. Yeah. You have Cole Dellinger like day one coming in like being in there. So like there were so many moving pieces. Again, they were just trying stuff and it was yeah. fluid. It doesn't mean anything in terms of pecking order, but just the amount of different combinations they could make this year, so night and day from last year. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, other than that, Jordan Hall looked good. Um, I think it's very early to be saying stuff like this, but from what I've heard all of spring and kind of what I saw from his high school tape to begin with, I think Michigan State has their long-term answer at Mike after this year. Yes. Um, Might need to fill in some coverage linebackers around him, but that that can be arranged through the portal and and, and stuff. So I think um, there's a lot of promise. I think a lot of the, the young guys in the DB room, we had already touched. We don't need to revisit that, but... There's a lot of promise with young guys, versatility, and depth at a lot of spots. Yeah, and just two guys I want to point out on offense that really caught my eye was uh, Nathan Carter. I mean, the the transfer from UConn, uh, we've heard a lot of good things about him this spring, but obviously he was out there with the ones. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't mean that he's for sure the starter. Uh, No, but like, wow, when he got that ball in his hands, again, I know this was spring practice, but like there was just a different buzz with him Mm -hmm. with the ball in his hands. Like he's got power right when he gets handed the ball. Mm -hmm. Right when that ball reaches his gut, it's it's go time for Nathan Carter. And saw it last year in the four games at UConn, like he was leading the, uh, not the conference, I'm sorry, the country uh, with yards after contact. And then also Tyneal Hopper as well. Like, yeah. He came in here from Boise State, billed as a blocking tight end, and yeah, that's that's great, you know, experienced guy. This is his 18th year of college, so you, you expect something good to happen. But my God, this guy blocks like a right tackle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. It's it's great. So um, yeah, Tyneal Hopper, come right on down. So he was playing with the ones. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure that could just depend game to game. Tight, yeah. Starting tight end does not matter. Like that changes. Right. Matchup dependent so, on what your game plan is on a given yeah. day. But regardless, uh, if you're in the run game and you see Tyler Hopper out there, um, you're feeling pretty good if you're running the ball to his side. Yeah. Uh, as, as good as you could feel maybe about a tight end yeah. on that side. So, yeah, those are just two guys that I wanted to mention really Very quick. well said. Yep. Very well said. Thanks. I try. Uh, yeah. I just masquerade as a ball knower. So <laughs> I do my best. I do my best. You're pointing out a blocking tight end is the peak of ball knowing. That right there. That's right. Wait until I start talking kickers here in a little bit. That's mm. we're really going to start cooking. That's right. Uh, Let's continue to talk about football. Not the only thing that happened on Saturday in yeah. the football realm. Logan Bennett. That's right, Logan Bennett. Logan Bennett is six foot five and a half, as you see his commitment graphic on the screen there. Plays for St. Francis Academy in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. 
they play a national powerhouse schedule. So the tape that you see, which I highly recommend seeing, um, is very impressive in that regard because he wasn't just doing that to just random guys in suburban uh, Maryland. <laughs> right. That was that was yeah. a real schedule. And um, I, I guess I should be used to this. I, a lot of people, they look at the ranking and that's just how they form their, their definitive opinion. Yeah. This right here is a scenario where people should be able to discern whether, oh, they got somebody later in the class, not that highly ranked, it's because they missed out on guys, mm -hmm. versus, oh, they really prioritized this kid in April, even before official visits started. They really like this kid. The ranking shouldn't matter. Yeah. This is a guy Cap likes, and for good reason. Let me turn on the tape and look at it. Like, I can't understand, I cannot fathom somebody putting more weight in the rankings for an April pickup before you strike out on guys across the board and taking a negative view to this i i can't do it maybe that makes me biased i just that blows my mind i don't think so i yeah. think when you have a guy like this that you trust your own evaluation in and you are convinced that you know what you're talking about as an offensive line coach as coach cap mm -hmm. and you have the opportunity to land someone you go ahead and do it because this is what happens if they don't met if they don't push hard yeah a kid like Logan Bennett, I don't know his exact plans, but that's what most kids would do. He would then go ahead this summer and he would go on a camp circuit. Yep. He would camp all down, the, all up and down the East Coast in ACC country, Big Ten country. He will go down to the SEC, maybe even take a trip out West. Mm -hmm. He will go ahead and pick up anywhere from 12 to 20 more offers. He will go up to four star status. And then you have lost any and all advantage of finding him early. And then the fan base, the same ones that are saying, oh, why did you take a kid that's 85 ranked would be like, oh, well, we found this guy early and we don't we don't get him. Yep. So, like, I don't understand the alternative here. And I, I guess uh, maybe it shouldn't matter. But that I kind of saw that and that was just irritating. But I think Logan Bennett, this is a kid who's going to come in. He's going to play guard at Michigan State, could play tackle. But I think the projection is for him to play guard for now. Great size, prototypical um pick up there and i think uh this is a this is a great job by coach cap once again adding a second offense lineman of the month thoughts from you matt if you have any on it i trust coach cap yeah and yeah. like look and you can check me if i'm wrong here but i mean michigan state has their eyes on plenty of four-star offensive linemen mm -hmm. and maybe sometimes and this isn't offensive line specific but you know they might say hey you know what uh we're you have the offer, but we're just going to give it a little bit of time, see what some other guys do here. Not mm -hmm. to call you a plan B to your face, but right, right, right. it's kind of the situation here. Not the case, and uh, there's plenty of time until National Signing Day, plenty of time until those four stars make their decisions. So um, this kid's good enough to say, hey, yeah, come right on board. Uh, if that kind of turns off one of these four stars we're after, <laughs> so be it. Yeah. Um, we don't really care all that much because we believe that you are that good of a player. And also, after seeing that kid's picture, is that is that guy 33 years old? Like, oh, my <laughs> God. Like, it looks like he's been playing in the NFL for 10 years. <laughs> That's what I want to see, man. This kid was born to play offensive line. I, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, no, I – yeah, I, I – Call me crazy here. I, I am going to trust Coach Cap, though, yeah. uh, and, and his recruiting. He's the guy that might be recruiting the best of anyone on, on the staff right now, especially Fair in last year's class. But um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to that guy. Yeah. Sounds like a wise choice. Thanks. Yeah, I'd like to make those every once in a while. <laughs> Not often, but uh, got to mix it up. Yeah. Got to mix it up. Yeah. So, Matt, continuing along this trajectory of recruiting, um, portal season is in full swing. You got that right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Saturday was the open uh, opening date of the spring window of the transfer portal. It will continue on until the end of this month. So pretty short time, uh, just about 15 days, 16 days. 
So Michigan State will have, um, in my approximation, which could be off by a spot or two, they will have four spots. Yep. I believe they had two entering this window prior to the attrition of Tank Brown and Hamfay leaving. Yep. Um, so if my rough math is correct, that has about four needs right now, barring additional attrition. Mm-hmm. The way I look at it, and I will, I will bounce it to you after if you agree, is I look at it as there's not a lot of spots where you need a starter. Um, I think there's a lot of spots where you could use de- depth. But in terms of a starter, maybe a safety next to Jaden Mangum so that you can have a bridge year of an upperclassman, a senior that's played a lot of ball before you then have a pairing of maybe Malik Spencer and um, Jaden Mangum. Maybe just adding another corner into the mix as well because um, Charles Brantley, Dylan Tatum, Marquis Lowry, Malcolm Jones, Caleb Coley, these guys all are all promising. They're going to have great careers here, but you can always add competition and maybe somebody that's proven as well um, can't hurt. And uh, you then hope in that scenario after you get that guy, somebody like a Dylan Tatum or a Caleb Coley beats that player. Yeah. And then the floor of your position is higher. That's kind of the way that the big time programs do it. Um, so those are two main needs that stick out to me. And then beyond that, I look at young coverage linebackers to put around Jordan Hall after this year. Yep. Um, that one might be hard because right now there's probably not a kid that's transferring in the spring that is willing to come in and sit again for a year. Right. Because most of the reason they're leaving right about now is because they didn't start in their depth chart pecking order. So that one might be hard, but that's where I would look as well is find young, maybe a freshman, sophomore kind of a linebacker to put around Jordan Hall after this year. And then um, a different receiver than what you have now. Um, You have Ken Coleman. That's a great possession receiver. You have a reliable upperclassman, a Trey Mosley that's balanced. Tyrell Henry looks very promising. Um, He's not really a take the top off the defense kind of guy. He's kind of more of like a a Jaden Reed speed and space kind of guy. I think you can get maybe a deep threat that you kind of like a, not a Deshaun Jackson type because those don't grow on trees, but that mold. Not really. So if you can find (laughs) someone like that, we saw Alante Brown from Nebraska here on a visit. So those are kind of the four needs that I look at like safety corner, then a slight drop off more of a depth piece um, looking at maybe a young coverage linebacker and a different receiver than what you have now. Yeah, it, I mean, just like you said, it is uh, a far cry from the fall winter transfer portal window. It's a lot less sexy, but it is still important because you can get a lot of uh, depth here from these position groups and the kids entering the portal. Uh, this is from Max Olson of The Athletic. He actually wrote this piece today. This was a number that was fresh this early afternoon. Since the weekend when the spring transfer portal window opened, 230 kids have entered the portal. Two-thirds of those kids have never started a game. Now, the rest of the one-thirds, it's either guys that maybe have started and then lost their starting position, or uh, let's be honest, hey, maybe they are starters at their school and they enter the transfer portal. They probably have arrangements to go to a different school mm-hmm. on a different deal but i didn't say that out loud but so really you're not going to get a plug in and play starter as as easily as you could in the fall window so everything you just said i mean yeah I, i've been screaming up and down about it all off season just more depth in the secondary you yeah. can never have more of that now you know again we like the young talent that's on this team but yeah. excuse me as a michigan state fan I saw 79 injuries by the time November even <laughs> rolled around. Like, I just want every position to have 15 guys in the depth chart. I know it's not possible with scholarship limits, but just humor me here. Just load up on depth wherever you can, best available. Um, I think it's going to be more defense prominent than it will be offense. I, I don't right. think offense needs another quarterback. I don't think they need a running back. Their offensive line seems healthy. I don't think they need a 45th tight end. Um, so just load up on defense with the three, four, five scholarship mm-hmm. openings that you have, whatever yeah. that it is. And also... I don't know if this is a scholarship thing or uh, just a preferred walk-on thing or whatever it is. Just try to bring in 15 kickers if you can. Like, look, <sighs> I know we got Jonathan Kim, Kim coming in here. 
I want some competition. Like, I don't want to put the entire season on the leg of just Steven Rusnak or Jonathan Kim. I mean, hey, both those kids could have great seasons. That's awesome. Then just have the other 13 kickers on the bench. But, like, I, I want a war chest. Yeah. I need a war chest of kickers, Justin. I need some competition here. And whether that's through the transfer portal or asking one of the 55,000 kids that are undergrads at Michigan State to step right up. Like, please. Yeah. Get, get me a kicker, please. It's yeah. Fine. I'm fine. It's okay. I'm fine. I, yeah, I do not disagree. I'm we, not fine. We will see. We will see what Jonathan Kim can do. But um, his his biggest asset was he had one of the best legs in college football in terms of touchback percentage. Oh, yeah, yeah, But not a great um, sample size. Really no sample one size. One PAT last yeah. year. So, I think one field goal two or three years ago yeah, as well. So, yeah. yeah, so he's a guy that I like to, to have in the fold just because you know – that the other team will be starting at the 25 pretty much every single time. And you have potential as a long field goal kicker, but another guy in there would be nice to kind of have maybe a sample size, maybe a kid from D2. I see, um, I'm not going to be able to remember the programs off the top of my head, but um, there was a power five program that added a kicker from East Tennessee. Okay. And there was another power five program that added a kicker from a university that I did not even recognize. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> and I think that is the, the route you go when you look for kickers. Yeah. Because if you get a kicker from another P5 school, chances are that you're not going to have a proven sample size on them. That kid probably can kick since that's the reason he's up here, but you don't know that for a fact. But you can get a kid with like 35 field goal attempts back at East Tennessee. You have something you can point to as evidence that, okay, this kid can kick. So we'll see. I think I, I agree with your stance there, but we'll see what's available. It was Florida State who landed that kid from East Tennessee State. Mm. That's right. It, that was going to bother me the rest of the night, so I had to look <laughs> that up because I remember hearing seeing the flash, and I was yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's not a bad strategy, yeah. actually. I like that. So, yeah. yeah. Way to, way to think about that. So, yeah. good good looking out. Um, there we go. Yeah, that kind of puts a bow on the portal strategy there. I think um, that's that's kind of what Michigan State can do, and we'll see who's available, and, and we'll see what they can get. Doesn't put a bow in football talk, though, because as we go into to our facts, one is whack. Is, is, mm. is, is that what we're doing next? Yeah. Let's go. Here's to be the up. case. Let's go. To our facts, one is whack. That's right. JT, I believe you got it right last week. You, you, you smoked this one. You hit this one out of the park. So look Three at and you. eight, I believe now. We're, we're going for a repeat right here. This is to get you on. F no, he, no, this is to get you heating up before you're on fire. Mm -hmm, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. trying to remember my old beer pond rules from. Yeah. Good old uh, Cedar Village. All right. So three statements. Two are these are going to be facts. One is going to be whack. And uh, I guess, are you ready? The, the theme here is spring football. Spring football. Yes, I am okay. ready. And the you know spring football, spring rosters. You'll, you'll there better it. be a question about Draymond Green and pads at the spring game. Not this time. Oh, you failed. I did kind of <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Justin, it was uh, statement number one. Excuse me, statement number one. It was warmer at MSU's spring game than it was at Florida State's spring game this year. Statement number that one. That one's true. I got a sunburn at the MSU spring game on the back of my neck. I nothing. You hear? We're gonna take a pause here. Nothing but respect for the people that sat just like in, in the, the bleachers in the beating sun for two hours, like. You, you know you're you're supposed to do the whole thing like oh you, you can't judge fandom everyone's a fan in their own way like no you absolutely can <laughs> those fans that sat out of the shade in the bleachers for a spring practice for two plus hours on saturday those those are spartan dogs yeah. right there i know we're doing spartan dog of the week in a little bit but you know what let's just do two of them one of them any fan that showed up there because it was oh, a yeah. beautiful day it was awesome but eventually 
uh, those UV rays uh, step up to the plate here yeah. and knock you out for 12 rounds. Yeah, so, it was uh, hot. And uh, yeah. Sean Cooper from C4 Sports, mm -hmm. uh, as we know, the, the trainer for David Stone and a lot of those guys. Yeah. Uh, we ran into him on the spring game. He was wiping sweat off his forehead and said, it's hotter than Texas up here. Yeah, so, let's, let's go. That's so what I'm talking about. I think he's All an right. authority on hot weather. <laughs> there we and, go. Um, yeah, so it was very hot. If that lands us, David Stone, if he loved the weather, like, <laughs> am I am I pro-global warming? I, I don't want to say it out loud, but, like, I will, we'll see how his career goes. Um, now we're going to be canceled, Matt. Great. <laughs> Look, I, I like five stars a lot, man. I don't know what you want me to say. If, if I got to idle my car in my driveway for a little bit just to get more of these five stars, I'll do what I got to do. I don't know, man. Um, so statement number one, it was warmer at MSU spring game than it was at Florida State spring game. Statement number two, MSU has the most tight ends on their roster of any Big Ten team. MSU has the most tight ends on their roster of any Big Ten team. This is a number that was also updated after uh, Hamp Fay entered the portal, just for a heads up. Oh, great. Great and job. The th yeah, you know, I'm really on it today. Uh, the third statement, the defensive line has the most fifth and sixth year seniors of any position group on MSU right now. You got this. We believe in you. I updated the Excel sheet that has every single position and class. Okay. Last night. Oh, God. At like 1 a.m. Oh, so it's like is... it hasn't even been 24 hours, and I don't even remember. There were, there were three guys that are four guys. There are four guys that are 2018 class super seniors. Yeah, that sounds right. Sure. Jarrett Jackson is one of them. He's a defensive lineman. Okay. I do not recall the other three off the top of my head. Okay. That, that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It, it could hurt. It could um, hurt. The middle one, I'll just say, whoever does have the most tight ends, if it's not Michigan State, I'm uh, going to go become a fan of them. That's real okay. football. Sure. You like, you got to get down there. <laughs> In its purest form. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just that's real football. Just line up three tight ends. Yep. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be curious to see the answer to that. I would guess it's Michigan State, especially since um, Jalen Franklin, uh, PWL, came in in addition to Tiny O Hopper coming oh, yeah. in. Um, Evan Morris is still there. Obviously, Jack Nickel, Michael Masunas from two classes ago, Brendan yep. Parachak, Malik Carr, as you know. Adamola Filet. Adamola Filet. Yep. Uh, you'd really just only lost Tyler Hunt, and you added like four guys. I'm going to have to guess that is also true. Okay. Um, and the first one, like I already said, like that one has to be true. So. But the third one also is true. I'm, oh, wow. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, fast, <laughs> <Nutterwack>. wow. <laughs> I'm just saying it feels to me that that's true as the only super senior I recall from my doc last night is a D lineman. Okay. But you know, I don't have a choice because I, mm. I firmly believe the first two are true. So okay. I'm locking in my answer, Matt. Oh, uh, three and nine. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Defensive line does have the most fifth and sixth year seniors of any position group on Michigan state. They have five defensive back, tight end offensive line all have five. Four. Now, wait, 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 wait. Was can you read the uh, the the statement again? I I'm sure you said it right. I defensive line has the most fifth and sixth year seniors. Fifth and sixth. Oh no! I, did we? Oh god! I was only going off six. That's why I said there's here. only four on the roster. We're, okay. No, that's my bad. I should have. I, I should have. We're gonna patch listen. in Owen here. Owen, if you're listening, you could edit all this out, right? <laughs> Even during live show, if you could edit all that out, we'll just act like he he got this right. That's okay. All right, and then we'll cut it so it sounds like we're celebrating right now. Yay! <laughs> you got it right. Uh, the two true statements. Uh, it was. It was warmer uh, in East Lansing. It was 84 degrees when the spring game started. It was 82 degrees on the Friday afternoon when Florida State had theirs. So that's right, Tallahassee. Ha, frozen tundra. The frozen tundra of Tallahassee. That's right. And then MSU does not. Oh, wait a minute. No. 
<laughs> I'm gonna have to do this here. What did I say was whack? You said the third one was whack. The one that had the D-line as the most... Well, so you read it as D-line has the most yeah, and they fifth do. and six. And they do. And you said it was... So there were all, all three were true, even though I misread the third one. No, because MSU does not have the most tight ends. Oh, oh. That's, that's what it was. You, you said the third one was okay, like, I'm okay, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. My, my brain is scrambled eggs right now. I'm sorry, everyone. This is just it's terrible podcasting. It's a new time slot. It's late at night. It, Understandable. Yeah, way past my bedtime. Uh, no, so yeah, the third one was wax. <laughs> you know what? You don't keep my record on this, but I'm taking an L for, for how I've structured this. <laughs> MSU does not have the most tight ends on their roster of any Big Ten team. They have nine tight ends on their roster. Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa also have nine. Justin, get yourself to Lincoln, Nebraska right now. Get your Cornhuskers shirt on because they have a dozen tight ends on their roster. That is right. Matt Rule loves himself a tight end in Lincoln, Nebraska. Twelve tight ends. You know what's interesting, What can you do with all of them? (laughs) So you said that the teams that had ten were Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, right? Uh, Nine with Michigan State. Michigan State has nine as well. Yep. So those three teams and Nebraska Mm – Traditionally, tight end heavy power I run kind of teams, right? Yep, corn belt football. However, yep. Wisconsin, they'll be, they'll be shifting to an air raid this year. Five wide. How will that work with all those tight ends? It's a lot of slow slot receivers. I'm going to tell you. That's right. You're <laughs> split, splitting out a 6'3, 250 pound guy out wide. You're going to hope one, you're gonna have to hope one or two of them are Dallas Goddard or George <laughs> yeah, Kittle. <that's> <laughs> <laughs> so go get him. Uh, yeah, I, I guess Luke Fickle's uh, going to figure it out one way or another. Yeah, a so. lot of time in the sauna, get him down to 242, and they'll be just running uh, scene yeah, rounds. Right, I love it. Yeah, just line up a tight end at the Z, throw a jump ball to him <laughs> at the end zone. It's going to be a flawless, flawless offensive game plan. Um, I'm sure it'll all work out, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, healthy in the tight end department. Yeah. So that's that's what we had for to our facts, one is whack. Uh, everyone, I'm sorry that it took such a journey to get to what the truth actually yeah. was, but uh, in the end, we, we got it right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm three and nine as expected. So there we go. Yeah. Do you know who actually picked up a big dub recently? I have a feeling that you're going to tell me. It's going to be the Spartan Dogs of the week. It is the Dodge Ball mm. team. That's right. They didn't just win the national title over the week, and they did it in overtime. And they didn't just do it in overtime against some team. They did it against 11-time national champion Grand Valley State, and it puts a bow on their perfect season. That's right. I did not misspeak. Perfect season. 19-0 and in the regular season going into the national tournament down in Ohio last weekend. And the core four. That's right. The core four of Jack Gerling, DQ McLean, Barry Butler the third, and Josh Kramer got it done. All seniors, they've been together since they were freshmen, and they rose to the top to not win in regulation because that's boring. Who wants to do that? You want to put a little yeah. bit of sizzle on your steak. Let's do this in overtime. Let's get the program's first national title in OT, and yeah. that they did. So, yeah, dodgeball team, that's right, as we always talk about yeah. on the show. MSU is now a dodgeball school. I'm afraid so. Yeah. Them's the facts. Them's yeah. the breaks. That's one thing that you'd love to be a blank school of. Dodgeball, like, that's just... Oh, yeah, dude, it's awesome. Dodgeball, handball, yeah. underrated sports. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it seems like the state of Michigan uh, does very well at dodgeball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, shout out to my buddy, Jake Lico, who is a former dodgeball player at MSU. He um, helps with the team, I believe. Let's go. Super fan of the sport. Um, basically says that the the state of Michigan is the dynasty of college dodgeball, as you pointed out with Grand Valley there. 
that is obviously prevalent in their success. Dude, they're unbelievable. So, yeah, yeah, so I believe this is only the second ever undefeated season in college dodgeball. Wow. And the last time was 2008. Um, so wow. it's a sport on the rise, and it is a good sport for MSU to be dominant in, and it appears that is exactly what they are. Have you ever, have you ever seen like them play I was gonna say dodgeball but like not the movie did you have you ever watched college dodgeball because it's on you it's still on YouTube it's yeah, like eight stream. and a half hour stream yeah. it's it's great they need to get it on ESPN Ocho dude it's like my elbow tendons were screaming at me watching these guys throw <laughs> the ball these guys like I thought like you know okay obviously they're really good they're undefeated I, I figured they'd throw the ball hard but like it, it was almost twice the speed of what I thought it was gonna be when I tuned in to watch like it's, it is in- incomprehensible how fast they can throw the ball and not need Tommy John yeah like just right on the court right. after they throw the ball. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I reached too far back to grab like a water bottle behind me and I have my uh, whole shoulder cramp up. Yeah. Yeah. I and believe it. I need like Roger Clemens PEDs just, <laughs> yeah. to, just to be able to like carry anything in my arm after that for the next mm-hmm. few hours. Yeah. These guys are just throwing a roll disenchantment heat seeking missiles. <laughs> dude, it's nuts yeah. out there. It's, it's great. Dude, that's a great Roger Clemens callback. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. Oh, no, that's my wife giving me vitamin B injections. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I start every morning, yeah. not with a cup of coffee, oh. but hey, honey, do you mind shooting me up with vitamin B? <laughs> Just Goodness a, gracious. A little too many accidental B12 uh, hey, multi- daily vitamin, <laughs> multivitamins. Oh, honey, did we do this already? I lost count. Oh, it's yeah. our fourth one. Oh, yeah. shoot. Even that happens. Who's knocking on our door, by the way? Is that, <laughs> oh, is that investigators? Oh, oh, while, while Andy Pettit is in front of Congress admitting to it, but no, his teammate, Roger oh. Clemens, how could he be part of the same uh, conspiracy? But. <laughs> it was the best. Like, you got, you got Sammy Sosa, like, he doesn't speak any English in front of Congress. You have Mark McGuire just crying. Like, there was the. We've gone off the rails officially now. But yeah, anyway, congratulations, MSU Dodgeball, Spartan Dogs of the Week. But, like, dude, like, that, that whole saga with baseball just burnt into my memory, just how, like, SNL like it yeah. was. Yeah. It was like all these big time players getting, like, crushed. And oh. the, the Phillies, like, had, like, barely any good talent by then. Mm-hmm. And then. <laughs> Platoon shortstop Freddie Galvis gets hit with like a hundred game suspension. Yes. Couldn't yes. even watch the Phillies that year. It was just oh, what a time. Dude, I forgot what year it was, but one time Navy Perez for the Tigers got popped with PEDs and he had to be suspended for 60 games. And honestly, it was a godsend because he was hitting like 163. <laughs> like he was doing a, just horrible. And uh, so that really helped the yeah. Tigers uh, yeah. chase the playoffs is benching Navy Perez for 60 cool ones um yeah. god great time another great tiger steroid thing is like just when pudge came back like 50 pounds lighter it's like oh my god wow what if, <laughs> what did you do in the offseason it's like oh, i just cut bread on my diet like oh it's not the getting off the performance enhancing drugs uh, that everyone's getting popped for like no don't be ridiculous that's nuts no i'm uh, i'm walking up the stairs instead of taking the escalator now that's yeah. what's going on I think okay. we got to start adding like a scandal of the day to like all of our podcasts at the end. Next <laughs> sure. week, we'll discuss the Shanghai Sharks and the match fixing happening in the Chinese basketball Yo, league. Yes. 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 We will dive deep into the I'm implications in. behind Eric Bledsoe and okay. um, Mo- Michael Beasley. Oh, yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Jimmy Fredette's on the team or no? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he could. I don't think he could throw a game. A, he's already horrible enough at defense where like it looks like he's throwing the yeah, game anyway. Yeah, yeah. And like, I just don't think he has a missed shot in him. Right. So I don't think. He could. I don't mean to bring Mark Titus up every episode, but no, let's like, do it. Was listening to his his take on this. Yeah, yeah. This is very interesting, Matt. Do you know the baseline of like what Chinese basketball should look like? Like just yes or no? Like do you know no. like what it, exactly? So how, what if they are just that bad? That's a great, right. Like, I know, it's, it was almost a perfect crime. Right, exactly. <laughs> so then in that case, like if you're yeah. the losing team, it's almost like a cop-out. 
Like, yeah, see, we are actually not that bad, even though we are. Yeah. It was because we were cheating. Just wow. You, you allocated to that. You've I been given a cop out. I never thought of it like that. But like inside, you're so embarrassed because like you um, yeah. are being portrayed officially in public releases from your league office as being cheaters <laughs> yeah. because of how badly you played. And if that was not intentional, oh. you got to retire. You absolutely have no choice but to hang it up and just oh, walk away. Devastating. Yeah. With a capital D. So we got to be we got to be grinding out Chinese basketball tape and seeing if that is baseline level or if they truly were throwing it. Got to see how it stacks up with the Black Sox scandal and um oh, it's yeah. right up there. Wow. We'll I, report back. That's in well, I That gives me an idea though. Yeah. I might be reaching out to like some like Ugandan professional basketball or like Philippine national yeah. basketball and saying like, Hey, can you guys, do you have a spot for Ben Simmons play? Yeah. Do you have a spot for Ben Simmons? Yeah. That's how we're going to start throwing games. We'll just put him on the team immediately. <laughs> and then like, just like play a little worse than you already do because like the threshold isn't that high anyway. Right. It's genius. It's going to be a market to exploit. Dude, this is great. You got extra capital. We'll start to arrange games this overseas. Awesome. And um, Owen stopped recording, right? This isn't live. We're, st we're still, we're not. I don't think we ever started okay. recording. Oh, go, oh yeah. good. Okay. Dylan, come back on. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. How many people do you think are listening right now? How many people do you think are listening right now? Four? Like four. Okay. Five. And three of those people have broken phones that have just froze and they can't physically turn this off. Yeah. And, and then, the other person's my mom. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. And then my parents, when they put it on the devices and just walk away and that'll be, that'll count. That's at, at yeah. least, at least two of the <laughs> We're four. We're at six. We're at six. A smooth yeah. six. That's right. All right. Well, once again, having a hard time landing this plane at the end of the episode and I take full blame for that. So uh, that's our show. We did it. Yeah. And I um, <laughs> hope you enjoyed the conversation with Dylan and the spring football talk. And we will be back next week. And uh, that does it for this week's episode of the SD Farrell Show. And thanks for tuning in. Please close your eyes, turn around, and count to nine. When you open them, I will be gone. <laughs> Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.